Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome everyone to today's podcast and today I'm joined by Lucinda. Lucinda Elizabeth Bradford is the way it uh, describes her on her bio and she is a professional ghostwriter and editor uh, writing and editing content for businesses in their brand voice which is absolutely essential that people do that. Uh, She was diagnosed with endometriosis Am I close? Endometriosis. Oh, I was, yeah. In January 2021. <laughs> uh, and this is a disease that causes chronic pelvic pain. So after having a hip replaced myself four years ago, any pain in that area, you can't lie, you can't sit. It's really, really uncomfortable. So um, I've got a, a smidging of uh, sort of uh, sympathy for that. Uh, and of course, you get other symptoms as well. And as a result, you left your fledgling teaching career to pursue your dream of becoming a writer and to give yourself more flexibility to manage your illness, which is great. Uh, And we'll hear more about that later on, I'm sure. And when you're not writing for other businesses, you're working on writing your own novel. So we have a budding author right here. And uh, listeners, listen to the name, Lucinda Elizabeth Bradford. One day, you'll probably be buying that book on Amazon or off the shelf somewhere and reading it for yourself. So... uh, Good to have you on today's podcast, Lucinda. It's good to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I've got to ask a question before we get into all the all, all the other stuff. Um, what kind of novel do you want to write? Are we talking business novel, fiction, children? Just give us a, a little bit of an invite into that. Um, so the, the novel I'm writing is a fiction novel, and it's specifically a dark fantasy novel. Um, set on another world um, where the human race in that world is enslaved and subjugated by a race of creatures called the Assyrians. Oh, so we're getting a real sneak preview here then, aren't we? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the the general premise is um, some human characters gain magical abilities, which is actually forbidden and thought to be impossible. So it's how they deal with it and how they're kind of hunted and treated by the Assyrians in that world. Ah, okay. Well, that's definitely one to to look out for. Have you set yourself a deadline and when it's going to be finished and ready to to go to publishing? Um, Not at the moment. So this is a project I've been working on for years, actually, that I've constantly kind of sidelined because of, you know, various um, factors in my life. So... Obviously, I started it when I was at school, and yeah. school was the priority, and then university was the priority, and then when I did teacher training, that was the priority. So it's not until now when I've actually had time to kind of sit down and think, okay, I need to, I need to do this because it's not going to go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, if it's been so, hanging yeah. on for that long, it's obviously uh, the book that's dying yeah. to get out. Yeah, it is. It's been hanging on for a long time, so. Yeah. Great. So, and I know when you you booked this, you said you don't drink tea and coffee. So, I think we've mm-hmm. actually got a first here, listeners. So, 
Tell us what you've got in your mug today. I actually have orange squash. Um, That probably makes me quite a child, but I I enjoy drinking orange squash um, because I generally don't like drinking water. So this is like the main way I stay hydrated and get water in me, really. and obviously, I, I don't drink tea or coffee because I avoid caffeinated drinks due to my illness because um, they, they can be inflammatory. So, right. um, yeah. And we were saying just before the recording started that uh, my wife is similar. She she doesn't like drinking water on its own. So she doesn't mind sparkling water every now and then. But even then, she'll put a dash of squash in there as well. But... I find this a little bit like tea. It's quite polarizing. I don't know about you listeners as well, but when I have squash, I like my I like my tea really strong. So I like my tea to look like the color of He-Man. You know, it's got to be really dark brown and uh, it's got that kind of color. Yet when I have orange squash, I'm the complete opposite. I almost just want it to, to be shown the squash. I don't like the strong taste where Angela's, she's the opposite. She put sort of a quarter of a glass of squashing and then just tops it up with water, which I find just overwhelming in the taste. Where are you on that spectrum then? Um, I, I'd say I'm kind of normal on the spectrum and that <laughs> okay. I, I usually put in, you know, I usually have like double concentrate squash. So I put in like a tiny amount gotcha. and then top it up with water and it's just enough for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't like it when it's too strong. Yeah. <laughs> And and soon we're going to become inundated in the UK with adverts on TV for squash because Wimbledon's coming and you know the Robinsons adverts start don't they with all the squash drinks. Yeah. Have you got any favourite sort of brand that you drink squash? It's it's Robinsons that Is I it? drink. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. Always yeah. open sponsorship yeah. Robinsons if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more than happy to call this the business success and Robinsons podcast that would work quite well. Uh, only joking, of course. Um, so do you like it cold? Do you like it straight out of the tap? Do you use filter water? You know, just, just tell us a little bit more about how you take this to squash and why. Um, so I generally, you know, have it out of the tap, um, yeah. really. So, yeah, we, we, we don't really have filtered water um, okay. in, the, in the home. So we just take water straight from the tap and put it in and then obviously when it's a really hot day we have ice yeah um to cool it down so yeah that, that's generally how i take it um see, we, we have a problem where we live and we've got really good water pressure but the water if you if you drink it unfiltered it's got a really twangy taste to it and what we mm. find is when you boil it that exaggerates it but also if you put squash in it if you drink it on its own water i don't taste it but as soon as you put anything in it, like squash, it seems to bring out this chlorinated taste a little bit. So we've got one of those jugs at the side yeah. of the sink where we always fill it out the tapper and filter it, filter it through. Yeah, we we don't really have that problem. Um, our, our water here is quite soft. It's not really got many, um, I, I say, like minerals in it yeah, yeah. Um, or additives, I guess. Yeah, ours um, is definitely additives. Whereas yeah yeah whereas um i know and you, and you can usually tell how soft like the water is by how um soapy it gets when you add yeah. like dish soap for example um and i know like in when i used to live in birmingham the water there was much harder and you yeah. could just taste like yeah. the minerals it's and horrible, the, yeah. the um 
the additives and it was just yeah gross yeah it's not nice not nice <laughs> so yeah so the the business that you've got of you know being a professional ghostwriter um what's been something that's been a significant um evolution or a fix or development for you in the business that you want to share with the listeners um so it's actually pretty recent actually um I kind of hit a little bit of a rut because I only started my business last year um, and I've never had a business before. So I've had to do a lot of learning. Um, And one of those things that recently I've learned how to do is sales, essentially. I've never been a seller. So it's, it's, again, it's one of those skills that you have to learn. Um, So I you know, did a lot of research and I came across something called like a, a selling plan. Yeah. So it's obviously like a conversation that you take the, the prospect through and, you know, you ask them a series of questions that lead them towards, you know, making a decision um, that's totally on their terms. And, you know, I tried it out actually on, um, on a volunteer and it worked. Right. So, yeah. I was like, okay, this this is this is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna work. So yeah. So so most of us and most of the listeners will have heard of a marketing plan, and, and yeah. I think I think there's a difference between a marketing plan and a, and a selling plan. Certainly in my head, anyway, mm. because you're right. You know, we can we can all do something to market. We can network. Uh, you know, which is where we met. You can, um, you can just put organic stuff out there you can ask friends and family for referrals and i always remember every business i've set up my first customers are usually friends and family because they're the first ones i ask uh, the first check was always from my mum for every business um, but the the conversion and getting people to make that buying decision mm. is is quite interesting and and you say they're about asking them questions because very often we think it's us that should be asked the questions of because we're the ones that are being audited of whether we're a fit for them. But actually, it's a way around, isn't it? We want to make sure that they're a good fit for us and that we can yeah. serve them well. So tell us a little bit more about the selling plan and what kind of things you've put in your own plan. Um, so it was actually um, in a book that I got this from. So it's somewhere. It's on my shelf somewhere. I'm looking right. over at it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the, um, what's the title of the book? Can you see it? It's literally, it's literally called The Selling Plan. Oh, okay. um, let me just get it, actually. Uh, yeah, it's by someone called Emma Jones. Um, and We always I like to give books a bit a of a call out, just, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of bought it on a whim, really, because, like you said, like I had no problem with the marketing side of things. Like I was doing the networking, social posts, yeah. um, You know, I put out a blog post every week, for example. That's no problem to me as a writer. Um, But I found that when I got to the point where I was, you know, interviewing the prospect and having a chat with them, they'd be saying, oh, yeah, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. And then it would kind of just go cold because what would happen is that I would be giving them all of the information and then they'd go away. (laughs) So that's what would happen. And... I didn't realize that obviously that was the wrong thing to do until I read this book and it took you through a series of questions that you give to um, that you essentially ask the prospect 
and you know for example it'd be like what are your goals like who are you as a person and then you know what do you struggle with are you particularly interested in what I have to offer and you take them through it and then eventually they get more and more excited at the you know the idea of fixing the problem that they have through your service until you get to obviously what's called the buying zone when you know you kind of say okay here's some here's some information we'll have a follow-up and we'll see if you're ready to you know do this and if you're not that's absolutely okay so yeah it it just changed it for me really I was like oh my gosh I've been doing it wrong the whole time yeah (laughs) so Um, yeah another good book I'd recommend it's one of my favorite books and I'm so pleased that he's going to be a guest actually on this podcast very soon um is a book oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley yeah I've heard of that and it's it's a very similar process of understanding that you know you've Mm. you've got to give people that red rope treatment of of holding them and saying you know if it's right for you I'll let you in if your name's down on the list and you're a fit for me and I know I can serve you then I'll let you in and he talks Mm. about the there's a reason that some shops that you see on the high street have people queuing up outside to get in and there are some that are empty yeah Mm. and I I always think about um when I think about his book and I've used his book some quite a few of his books for for some time but it's when i go into our local town of newark all the tea rooms really quaint tea rooms are empty yet starbucks Mm. on the square the market square has got a queue coming out of it now i'm a starbucks fan so i like starbucks i like their coffee (laughs) i don't like some of the stores but i like i like their coffee and i particularly like the one in newark because of where it's located but you do have to ask yourself, you know, what is it? And and Starbucks actually make you stand up in a queue. They make you wait. But the whole experience of that, of that process of asking yourself the questions, having the choices, you know, um, that that is very similar to what you're talking about there. And it definitely does work because selling is something you do have to. Marketing is something you have to learn, but selling is even more crucial that you have to learn. Yeah. As well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can't believe it's taken me this long to figure it out. But, you know, better late better late than never, I yeah, guess. Yeah, well, you, you, trust me, you've still got plenty of time, so that's okay. Yeah. So, so you said this worked for, for a volunteer. What other kind of difference has this implementing and using the selling plan made? Do you think it's made any difference to you? What kind of difference has it made to your prospects? Just give us a little bit more detail of the impact it's had. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to try it on a prospect yet because, again, the the volunteer, the volunteering was like last week, literally last week. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, when so I tested is, it out, this is hot off the press. Like, it is yeah. literally hot off the press. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it still made a difference. You know, I've now got a whole questionnaire, um, yeah. an organised questionnaire that I now fill in. Well, I will fill in when I talk to a prospect, for example. Yeah. Um, and I'll be able to make notes on it, etc., for each question, and then you know do that. But also, it's had an impact on my um, CRM as well, um, because before I was really actually disorganised, like I just couldn't really figure it out. But actually, having the selling plan, okay, I've learned that I need to move prospects to leads and then to customers, and yeah. you know I need to have like a proper flow going so now i've it's improved my crm system essentially yeah. um 
so that's had an impact and also it's given me a lot of confidence as well and that i think I know exactly we, we, can, we can all sense that yeah and that's that's a big difference yeah. isn't it because actually if you've got the confidence yeah. the selling will improve naturally anyway yeah because we all need yeah 100 yeah. percent. Mm. Yeah. yeah definitely um yeah the confidence comes from just knowing exactly what i'm going to ask and you know the purpose of each question um so yeah yeah, it's interesting you say because when when I first set up my CRM uh, and I'm going back to the days when I used to use something called uh, well it's now called Entreport it was called Office Autopilot at the time and then I've moved to Infusionsoft Keep but I've still kept the tags so when I used to ask those questions the answers to those questions would be tags on those people so I could search <laughs> people in my CRM that gave that particular answer. So if their mm. desire was to have, you know, more money, then that would be a tag. If it was to have more time, that would be a tag. So the answers to the questions very often are a good way uh, for you, for me, and for any of the listeners. When you're asking those kind of questions, it's really useful to be able to filter people out on your contact list by the answers they give. Yeah, that's another interesting way of putting it, really. Um, I didn't actually think of that, so that's... <laughs> Every, yeah. every day is a lesson so that's good yeah every day is a lesson yeah, yeah. Um, so tell tell us a little bit more about what ghostwriting is okay um because i think you know many of the listeners probably understand what a copywriter might do um but ghostwriting perfect particularly professional ghostwriter uh, is something i've had experience of in the past but just explain to us a little bit more about what a ghostwriter is and what we should be thinking about um so a traditional ghostwriter which i will start with is someone who writes um books for people yep. essentially um so you might think of like a celebrity for example they want to write an autobiography or a, a thought leadership book for example um for a business and they know what they want to write, you know, they have all of the ideas in their head, but they just don't have the writing skill to do it, which is, you know, perfectly fine. Yeah. So they would employ a ghostwriter um, to help them. Now, I think one of the stereotypes with it is that, you know, it might be, mm, okay, I want you to go and write this book for me, and I'm just going to go sit over here and drink a martini, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But actually, it's a collaboration, because the client brings the knowledge and the info and they say, okay, I want a book, you know, this is kind of an idea I have, um, help me. Yeah. And so the ghostwriter kind of works with them to produce a book, really. Cool. That's how it works. Um, ghostwriting now, you know, there's still book ghostwriting, obviously, but yeah. actually ghostwriting has also moved into um, the content writing side of things okay. and the copywriting side of things really um so you can hire a ghostwriter to write blog posts for you for example yeah or you know your website content now i label myself as a ghostwriter because i do um want to do the book ghostwriting side of things and i offer blog posts as you know part of my ghostwriting service as well yeah um but essentially at the moment i am a content writer and that is different to a copywriter so the copywriter writes essentially copy and words that are designed to sell and they are designed to get the um the reader or the prospect to take an action whether it's you know buy this yep. subscribe um 
open this email, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah. Whereas content writing is meant to be informative and educational. So, yeah. you know, your blog posts, they're not designed to sell anything. They're just there to educate the reader and to position yourself as an expert. Uh, yeah. Ebooks fall into that. Uh, email newsletters as well, which are different to marketing emails. Yeah, um, yeah general information on your website as well. Um, so that falls into the content writing category. Um, whereas obviously copywriting is the selling and I focus on the content writing yeah. as a ghostwriter. And, and if I that suppose, makes sense. You know, as, as you were talking there, you know, I, I sort of freeze with fear when I think about starting with a blank sheet of paper and writing anything. And I know many of the listeners do. So we, we know mm -hmm. perhaps in business or we know because of what people, our competitors are doing that we should write articles and we should write educational content. You know, we've perhaps read Gary Vaynerchuk's book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, you know, educate, 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 and then you can, you've can you got the credibility to sell. Um, mm -hmm. But we have a blank sheet of paper. And like you say, we, we know what we want to say, but we just freeze, don't we, when we get to a blank sheet of paper? Well, we do anyway. That's why we come to people <laughs> like yourself. And listeners, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but, you know, it's so frustrating because you spend so long looking at the blank sheet of paper. So... Just give us a little bit of a an insight of where you would start with somebody who perhaps says, I've got a great idea about a blue ball and I want to write something about it, but I'm just looking at a blank sheet of paper. What, where would you start right at the beginning with that blank sheet of paper? Well, first of all, I always have a conversation with the person, yeah. um, you know, not only to figure out what their ideas are, but also to understand who they are um, because that way I can write in their voice essentially yeah. as, as part of what a ghostwriter does, you know? Um, so I always have a conversation with them and, you know, I say, okay, you know, this is your idea. This is how I might, you know, structure it. And then once I've had that conversation, I go away with them. I, sorry, I go away and I create an outline of whatever piece of content that they want, you know, whether it is like a blog post, for example, or a, a newsletter or an information sheet. Yeah. Um, and I create an outline and it's usually divided into headings and subheadings. Um, and I write a few notes saying, you know, okay, this is what's going to go under each heading, you know, and then I send that off to the the, the client. Yeah. Um, and with that usually comes some questions as well that we might not have covered in the initial conversation. So it could be, you know, why did you start business, for example, you know, just to um, confirm that. And then, you know, they kind of come back with, okay, yeah, I like this, or they might make some changes, for example, and that's yeah. absolutely okay. You know, it's their piece of content at the end yeah. of the day. Um, so, yeah, and then once, you know, that's been approved, then I move on to the next stage, which is the draft. So I essentially just write it for them. Gotcha. Um, and it's, you know, that's generally how it works. And then once I've done the draft and I send it over and they say they're happy with it, then I, I edit it and proofread and then it's done. So it's definitely, it's done in stages and. Yeah. Quite a painless you know, process. And that sounds a lot less painless than looking at a blank sheet of paper and being frozen because <laughs> you don't know what to put on it. Do you know what though? Like, I, th I think all, it doesn't matter who you are. 
all writers, whether you are professional or not, will have writer's block at some point. And there is still, I still sometimes get a fear of the blank page of doom. You know, you're just staring at it and you're like, oh my God, I've no idea. You know, I've no idea where to start with this one. But then you just say, hang on, I know what I'm doing. You know, I know what I want. And you just start writing a few notes. And once you've got at least something down on the page, you don't have to start, you know, hit the ground running with writing the perfect sentence. You know, you just start with a few notes. Um, And that's why I always do an outline first, because then I know where I'm going with it and, you know, what's going in each section. And then you just divide it up like that. Yeah. And it just sense. it just makes it so much easier. So yeah. that's that's the tip for everyone out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, bank, we'll bank that page one. Page of doom. Yeah, we'll bank that yeah. one. I think it's just good to know for <laughs> most of us that actually we're not alone when it comes to that, and that there are other people out there that get that same paralysis. Definitely. Yeah. So writer's block is a common thing. Yeah. It's it's it happens. And um, I think it, it it comes to what you said just a moment ago that what we're trying to do is we're trying to get what is pretty scrambled in our head into the perfect sentence and it's that it's the gap between those two things that tends to be the you know the the problem doesn't it so so if people want to learn more about how you work how to uh, perhaps reach out to you how to engage with you where's the best place for people to go so um, I have a website um, and on that website I have a blog um which obviously you can read i generally post about like content writing and um like blog writing for example as well um so you can contact me via my website and you can check out my services and also the the packages that i have available great um i'm also pretty active on linkedin um because that's where my audience are as as you know um so again you can contact me through linkedin um or you know via email as well those okay. those are my three main areas so my website linkedin email yeah great so we'll we'll make sure the links for those are put into the the show notes but for those listening and perhaps got it on a phone and haven't got the notes give us the name we're going to search for you on linkedin with first um so my handle on all social media is at ghost lucinda but i think if you just search lucinda elizabeth bradford then I, I will come up because <laughs> there's not many no. Lucinda Elizabeth Bradfords out there. <laughs> and the website is? Uh, it's www.lucinda-elizabeth.com. Great, great. So we've got the website, <laughs> we've got the LinkedIn, and we know how to search for you on social media with any yeah. handle So that's, uh, for that, so that's great. <laughs> so you, you've just given us a, a great little tip there. So we'll bank that one and we'll keep that one uh, as a bonus if that's okay. Um, no problem. <laughs> so if you if you could give the listeners something to take away that they could do something with today, what what tip do you want to share with the listeners today? Um, I'd say don't let your perceived limitations stop you from doing what you want or achieving your goals. Okay. Um, Tell us more. Yeah. So I, I learned that through my experience of having endometriosis and also other like health difficulties um some of which i'm going through at the moment you know having some problems but you know it's getting sorted so (laughs) which is why you were Um, okay-ish today then yeah yeah that's why i was okay-ish today i was was a little bit poorly yesterday but you know things happen and 
um, you know, as as um, you mentioned at the start of the podcast episode, that you know I did have to leave my teaching career quite early because of the fact that I just wasn't very well and you know I was diagnosed with endometriosis in January last year and but by the time I'd got to that point um you know having been through COVID and not having much work um I thought I'm I need to leave this behind because it's just it's having a negative impact on my mental health um so I made that choice and I'm much better for it and you know my dream has always been to be a writer um you know with writing my book etc um and so i thought well let's just make a career out of this and see what happens really and you know i just decided okay i have this disease it might have some limitations on what i can and can't do but i'm not going to let it stop me from achieving what i want fantastic yeah so yeah yeah and i think many of the listeners can connect with that as well because you know there there are so many things that do affect people and i know certainly because of the pandemic yeah there's a few people i know that have been limited through long covid and there are some Mm -hmm. some people who are just rolling over and saying this is it this is how it's going to be but actually there are those people that say no this isn't going to define me and i think that's what separates those that that actually do achieve what they want in their life and those that don't Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think it depends as well because I think some people who have suffered who are suffering with long COVID now, you know, they've probably not really had much health wise going wrong. No. Um, you know, in their lives. I don't want to make assumptions. Yeah. No, I think but, you, you know, um, they've probably never experienced anything like that in their life. Yeah. You know, I've I've struggled with health issues like all my life. Yeah. Um, which I've mostly just ignored stupidly. Um because I thought, I, you know, this is it, so I'm just going to carry on as I am. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think it should stop you. I mean, it might. It means that having a chronic health condition means that you, you're not the same person you were before being ill, and that's okay. Mm. You know, we we change like all the time through our lives, yeah. and it's important to say, okay, I'm not that person anymore but I'm going to be someone different and I'm going to move forward with it because like you can't, you can't live backwards if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You have to move forwards with it. And there are ways around things, you know, even with long COVID, I, I sympathize with it. Um, I think fatigue is one of the symptoms, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, and you know, I suffer with chronic fatigue because of my illness. So I work around that by getting up at eight o'clock in the morning and then going to bed at 10 at night. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if I have a particularly bad day when I'm ill, I just work from my bed. Yeah. And, you know, that that's how I do it. And, you know, the important thing is to remem- remember that you, you know, you need to work with your body as well. Yeah. Um, you uh, know, I, I if, think... if, you, if you get to a point where you're just feeling awful, don't punish yourself for that. Just say, yeah. okay, I need to step back. Absolutely. And you know, you'll get back on track. Yeah, yeah. And I see so many people who have surgeries, uh, people that I know that have fought against that. And when they do have a bad day, they make such an effort to overcome that bad day by being over the top 
exertion or something like that and they set themselves back rather than just saying oh my body's yeah. telling me i've done too much i need to stop they yeah. you know seem to think oh no I've got... and, and different yeah. people have different ways of coping and i think the thing to come out of all of us um is that it's 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 our choice isn't it how we deal with it mm -hmm. you know and yeah you know, absolutely every day every day is a choice and just because we have a limitation in any way doesn't mean those choices get taken away from it. it just means we have a different set of choices to make each and every day doesn't it absolutely i i couldn't agree more you know um struggling with illness you know has taught me that you have to respect your body yeah. um you know I, I i know that sounds really woo woo but <laughs> like i never used to believe in that kind of stuff but you know it, you do yeah. because the the physical health of your body has a, a toll on your mental health yeah. and if you're trying to force yourself to work and do exactly what you would do on a normal day when you're having a bad day it's not going to end well it just it never does you know you only, it only makes it worse yeah. And I've, I've learned that from experience. Yeah. And you know, so, I, I know from one of my uh, coaches, uh, Eric, and particularly his wife, Deborah, uh, some years ago, I, I was struggling and getting really tired. And I'd, I'd had pneumonia some years before. And I thought, oh, this is not feeling good. This feels like I'm starting to lack oxygen again. And mm. you know, I had a chat with the two of them. And Eric said, I'm going to get you to speak to my wife, Deborah. And she said, you know, you, start, you need to start looking after your diet you need to start eating more foods that are going to give you more energy look after your brain more drink more water and yeah and sometimes it's the simple natural things that we can do as well mm -hmm. that can give us a boost and there's a if the problem is particularly in as we record this in a you know as cost of living is rising eating healthfully isn't usually the cheapest option uh, yeah. going to the gym and looking after our body and exercising, you know, some of the most successful people in the world I know do regular exercise, they have personal trainers, all of that comes at a price. So when costs are going up and the, the pressures on the cost of living is, is rising significantly, it's harder and harder to make those better choices of how to look after our body. That I do understand mm -hmm. and it is difficult. Yeah. So I think uh, we've given people a lot to take away there and a, a good insight as well. And I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this that are going to say me too and uh, are going to reach out to you just because they want to connect with perhaps some of what you've said as well. And listeners, I'd certainly encourage you to do that because uh, yeah, there are people out there just like us that are struggling like us, have the same choices that we do that we can connect with and uh, you know, perhaps take some, some benefit from as well. So you've given us a great tip. So final question then. If you were to have your next orange squash with some ice, I'm leading the question here a little bit, in a dream mm -hmm. location, because you've already given us a couple of good books. We talked about those. Um, but if you could have that next orange squash in a dream location, where would that dream location be and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I would say in on the island of Menorca or Mallorca, okay. um, next to a pool in a villa. Yeah. Yeah. Time of yep. day? What's your favourite time? Midday. About midday. Great. Bit mi about midday, just before the heat really sets in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. a big. I've, been, I've never been to Minorca, but I'm a big Mallorca fan. We've we've been to Calabon in mm. Mallorca and uh, a few places there, uh, quite regular. So yeah, big fan of that. Minorca is well, lovely. Yeah, never it's been. Lovely. It's lovely. It's much. That on my it's list. much quieter. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But it's uh, lovely. Well, thankfully, where we go in Mallorca is actually quite quiet anyway, so that's why we, we go out a little harbour yeah. village. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so that sounds idyllic, and I'm sure many people, <laughs> irrespective of COVID, are, are, are wanting to get out there and get a flight that might have been cancelled mm. or luggage that's gone somewhere else. We're seeing nightmares at the moment <laughs> when we travel. Surrendous. Oh, God. You've got yeah. to laugh because otherwise you'll cry. Yeah, well, there's a reason. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt quite happy we took the caravan down to Devon last week and had a week in Devon and saw all that. And I thought, you know, I'm glad I'm not going anywhere in a plane. Um, yeah, but same. <laughs> thank you very much for being a guest. Thank you for sharing great tips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you for giving us an insight as well into you, not only what you do, but also the way you're dealing with your... Uh, your illness and uh, you know the way that you've got a perception of it i think that's been quite enlightening and i'm sure the listeners will take some real value from that as well as the tips that you're giving us as well i hope so and um you know if anyone is struggling with you know a chronic illness and feel free to reach out and we can have a chat about it i'm always happy to have a chat with people about you know their experiences my experiences because i know what it's like to feel like you're on your own with it yeah, yeah. um and i'm I, I always try to make sure that no one feels like they're alone. Perfect. Um, well, that's, yeah. that's the best gift you can give out of this podcast, that branch and uh, that handout to that. So great. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure the listeners would appreciate that too. Um, listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help you be better aware, better educated, um, and also to be accountable. So you know, you've had some great tips uh, from Lucinda given today digest them i think it's one of those where you can't just take what lucinda said and go out and do something with it tomorrow i think what you can do Mm -hmm. is start thinking about what's been said in today's podcast and contemplate it and start to think how it affects you your business your life your selling your content uh, and also the way that you're making choices about how you cope with any limitations whether they're health whether they're physical uh, whether they're business you know any limitation i think we've had a masterclass in how to to deal with those from lucinda today so go away from today contemplate and let us know what you've done differently leave us a review as always uh, and check out the book uh, the selling plan by emma jones as well and don't forget oversubscribe by daniel Priestley as well and look out for future episodes where i'm uh, planning on him being a guest here as well so looking forward to that and i really want to thank you for your time again lucinda and Listeners, look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.